Sports and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. Skin care and plastic surgery are hot topics these days. Let Dr. Rubenstein answer your questions and explain what you'll want to look for in aesthetic products and cosmetic procedures. Get ready for a discussion about all things aesthetic. Now, live from Miami, Florida, American Board Certified Plastic Surgeon, Dr. Adam Rubenstein. Welcome to New Reflections. We've got a new show for you this week. This week, the show's topic is, how do you make a hormone? Bioidentical versus traditional hormone replacement therapy. We're going to talk about a very hot topic, and actually a pretty controversial topic, uh, and that is hormone replacement therapy and the idea of using bioidentical hormones. Uh, I mean, this really came into popularity, uh, I think, uh, to a great extent, when uh, Suzanne Summers published her book and everyone started thinking about bioidentical hormone, when you have a, a celebrity that brings attention to it, it really becomes something that's in the forefront and people start thinking about it. Now, of course, you know, things like uh, Premarin and regular hormone replacement have been going on for a long time, but there's been some controversy as to whether is it good, is it bad, is it protective, does it cause problems? We're going to get into all that. And you know, hormone replacement therapy is not only for women. Men also have hormone imbalances as they age, and we're going to talk about that in a little while. Uh, and then there's, you know, we've done a show uh, not too long ago on transgender patients, and there is some use of hormone therapy in those patients as well. So we're going to talk about all these things. The main topic, though, is this idea of bioidentical hormones, and it is a controversial subject. We're, we're very uh, lucky to have a couple great guests today. We have Dr. Victor Shabana, who is the uh, is a board-certified surgeon, and he's been doing this type of practice for many years, and uh, he's the medical director of AAG Health uh, here in South Florida and has his own private practice, and we'll be talking with Dr. Shabana very shortly. We're also going to be joined by Dr. Alvaro Gordo. Uh, Dr. Gordo is a board-certified obstetrician-gynecologist, and throughout a very long career of many decades, he's uh, certainly treated many women in hormone replacement therapy, and we'll give his perspective as well. Now, let, let's get right into it. I want to introduce our first guest again. We're being joined by Dr. Victor Shabana. Dr. Shabana is a board-certified surgeon who practiced surgery for many years and then changed his practice to hormone replacement therapy and, and anti-aging and wellness medicine and has been doing that for quite a long time. He's the medical director of AAG Health in Aventura, Florida and in private practice. Dr. Shabana, welcome to New Reflections. Uh, thank you, Dr. Rubenstein. Uh, my name is Victor Shabana, and as you say, I'm board certified in surgery, but that was my old life. My new life, which is a lot more exciting for almost 10 years now, has been treating people for hormonal imbalances that the urologists, gynecologists, and endocrinologists, for the most part, are not really sort of interested in doing or are doing properly. And in fact, that's the only reason why people come to me. 
Well, you know, that's an interesting thing. You know, a lot of people, you mentioned that there are various types of doctors. Of course, there's many types of doctors that one can go to. I think that the typical doctor that's taking care of, of women uh, would probably be the gynecologist. And that there is uh, this new branch of wellness medicine, anti-aging medicine, that is, has taken a different perspective on hormone replacement therapy. And that's really the, the branch that you're coming from. Uh, there's a, a an organization called the A4M, the uh, uh, American Academy for Anti-Aging Medicine, and they are, have a lot of educational programs and uh, teach people how to take care of folks with the anti-aging approach, and, and that's really where you're coming from. So how is that perspective different than just going to your gynecologist? Well, let me just say first that uh, the term anti-aging is really more of a commercial buzzword. It is not a legitimate scientific word, and I know the FDA frowns upon it, and so do I. Okay, I, I agree with that. I'll agree let, with okay, that. let's get into the, the subject now. And actually, my mission is to keep you healthy and young all your life. And of course, I accomplish that, and I have many examples of that. I accomplish it through healthy eating, exercise, and correct any hormonal deficiency, men or women, adults, of course. So when it comes to women, in addition to, and, and, and many of them have adult growth hormone deficiencies just like men, but uh, <clears throat> they are a special situation as far as this new difference between horse urine hormones, which is what's been available to women for many years, uh, such as Premarin, Prempro, Provera, birth control pills, uh, and the alternative, which is uh, uh, called natural or bioidentical, and these come from plants, primarily soy and yam. And it's not really a question of animal versus plant. It's a question that the animal stuff uh, is, is intended for a bigger creature than people, and it's very complicated formula, whereas the one coming from plants is identical to what we make. So, number one, to me, that means it's safer. Okay. Uh, but uh, in terms of handling women's cases and keeping them safe, um, there are so many other considerations. And one of the biggest ones is to eat tons of greens and fruits, which is part, of course, of eating healthy, because that's where you get the biggest protection against cancer. If you have to use sex hormones, they should be, in my view, should be bioidentical, not synthetic. And now, when you're thinking about using these hormones, obviously with women... And we'll talk about men in a little while. But with women, it's it's a, a process where obviously women go through menopause and their hormone levels change. Estrogen, progesterone levels, they come down as women age. And, of course, there's no line in the sand that's consistent. But, you know, when women enter their 40s, they may start seeing these changes. Certainly as they get into their 50s, a larger percentage of women are going to see these decreasing hormone levels. And is that really the main indication for hormone replacement therapy? Are there any reasons for younger women to consider it? Uh, first of all, I'm very impressed with your knowledge of the subject. But to answer your question, uh, yes. Uh, of course, more women who are perimenopausal or menopausal have symptoms. But sometimes younger ones who still have normal periods have symptoms too. And when younger ones who still have normal periods have symptoms, Usually, it's mostly being deficient in testosterone and, and once in a while also growth, adult growth hormone deficiency. And, um, uh, and of course, perimenopausal or menopausal, it can be all the sex hormones and free, 
frequently also growth hormone deficiency. Um, and, th- and then the, the other thing is this. Generally, there are certain symptoms that make you think of, 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 of this type, like, like the person may have problems with their hormones, such as tiredness, sex uh, problems or dysfunction, uh, sleep problems, gaining weight, even though you're eating uh, healthy and you're, and you're exercising, but you keep getting especially uh, weight in the midsection, uh, feeling very stressed. Uh, All right, so hold on. Let me, let me get this straight. Stress, weight gain, not sleeping well, feeling tired. Maybe I should get my hormone levels checked. As a matter of fact, Dr. Rubenstein, <laughs> I can tell you from my experience, because in, in men it's almost epidemic now for ages 30 to 40 to 50, being low on testosterone. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. It's an it's underdiagnosed thing. So, and by the way, there is a whole de- section of endocrinology now that's called endocrine disruptors. And by the way, I'm also a member of the Endocrine Society, and they devote for their annual convention one whole day to see the latest science on uh, 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 the chemicals that are in our system that are not harmless. And the biggest thing that many people are suspecting now, why so many young men are low on testosterone or have hypogonadism, which is the uh, uh, medical name for it, is apparently phthalates as one of the, the biggest suspects. So then you say, well, where do you get exposure to phthalates? It's in children's toys. It's in shower curtains. It's in the plastic IV bottle you use in the uh, hospital. It's in and two million other items. So even if you knew for certain this is one of the problems, you wouldn't be able to eliminate. The point is, this is evolving science. Uh, you know, uh, we get uh, bad uh, uh, toxins from food. Even if you eat organic, there's still some uh, from the air, from the water, from uh, it's, it's just all over the place. Uh, and of course. To me, the way to concentrate on, you can't avoid them coming in, but there are some things you can do to help rid uh, the system of uh, some of these toxins. So it sounds like not only for women, but for men, even at younger ages, it's something worth looking into. So now, besides the environmental influences, like these toxins that you're mentioning, of course, there is an entity as men age as well, right? I mean, we, we jokingly call it manopause, but the androgen... Uh, replacement therapy for men is is a an, an, probably an underutilized therapy and an underdiagnosed problem. Well, yeah, uh, you're quite right. Actually, it's not really related to age, even though that's the general um, feeling most doctors in this country. For example, I have many people in their 30s who go to the regular doctor because when they have a problem, who are you going to go to? And then they'll say things like, you know, my desire for sex has been going down for a couple of years. My energy, I don't have enough energy. By the middle of the afternoon, I'm drinking a lot of coffee just to stay awake and be able to finish my day. Uh, my belly is getting bigger. My sleep is not as good as it used to be. The, and, and this is universal from coast to coast because that's what clients tell me. The doctor looks at them and they say, you know, you're just getting old. And this is such a, a, a damaging concept to make that comment. And then, of course, the second damaging point is they are ready with their prescription pad. You're feeling depressed. Here is an antidepressant medication. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. I think there's a lot of people, a lot of people, and that's a very important point to make. Well, first of all, I want to make one point before we get into this, because, you know, we talk about anti-aging being a buzzword, but not not really scientific, and I agree with that. And the other thing is old is not a four-letter word. There's nothing wrong with aging. It's a matter of quality of life as we age. So you know, I, I agree completely with that notion. 
In other um, words, if you have a brand new car and a five-year-old car, and the five-year-old car, you say, well, you know, it needs oil, but now nah, it's old. I'm not going to really bother. Uh, air conditioning needs to be fixed. Uh, uh, it needs to be tuned once in a while. So if you don't do these things as you go along and the car gets older, guess what? It's going to break down where in, in a shorter time, whereas if you're doing everything on time and whether it's a change of oil or checking a, a funny noise that, you don't, that should not be there, it's going to last you a lot longer. So and definitely, we're, we're talking, we're definitely talking dead. about maintenance. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we're definitely talking about maintenance I, here. I say you can stay young and healthy all your life with eating healthy, exercise, take whatever hormones you happen to be low on. Well, let me ask you a question before we go. To, we're going to take a, a commercial break very shortly. But before we go to break, I wanted to ask you, have you treated any transgender patients? We talked about men. We talked about women. Have you treated any transgender patients to help them with their hormonal therapy? Occasionally, somebody calls who happens to be in that situation. And I know, for example, if it's a man, you know, they use uh, estrogen injections to, to be more like a woman. Sometimes even they do breast implants and all kinds of other, uh, and, you know, hair removal laser for the facial hair and so forth. Sure, sure. Uh, I am, no, I'm not an expert on that area, and I usually tell them that, and uh, I don't even know who I should refer them to, you know. Well, you know, it is it is a, a, a unique segment of the patient population. Yeah. But uh, it's just kind of an interesting thing to think about because then you have men and or women that are living lives of the alternate sex. And so it, it would seem to me to be kind of a funny thing to deal with when trying to do hormonal therapy for them. I mean, what do you normalize them to? Right. Well, exactly. let's take a let's take a commercial break. We'll come back and we're going to continue this discussion about hormone replacement therapy. How do you make a hormone? We'll be right back after these short messages on new reflections. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. Cosmetic surgery is a big deal. Make sure you do your homework. Why? This is not my car I'm working on. I may settle for an okay job on that, but I won't settle for anything less when it comes to my body. Do your homework. My doctor trained with world-renowned plastic surgeons. My doctor is a fully board-certified plastic surgeon. My doctor is an MD and on staff at several Florida hospitals. My doctor is an associate professor of surgery at a major university. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. People pick a doctor based on trust. You can trust Dr. Rubenstein. He has the experience, knowledge, and artistic touch you're looking for. Call 305-792-7575. That's 305-792-7575. Call today for a free consultation. Dr. Adam Rubenstein, Turnberry Plastic Surgery at Biscayne Boulevard in the William Lehman Causeway, where medicine meets artistry. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. If you have a question or comment for the host or this week's guests, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You can also send an email to info at dr-rubenstein.com. 
That's info at dr-rubenstein.com. Now, back to New Reflections. Welcome back to New Reflections. We're having a terrific discussion about hormone replacement therapy. The show, of course, today is called How to Make a Hormone. I'm joined by Dr. Victor Shabana, and uh, he is the medical director of AAG Health and in private practice, practicing in wellness medicine, is an expert in hormone replacement therapy. And we were just talking, giving a broad overview about women that need it, men that need it. We spoke a little bit about transgender. And it really is a, a problem that any living adult at some point in their life is probably going to find themselves deficient in one thing or another. And you know, before we continue the discussion, at the break, Dr. Shabana and I were talking about uh, just basic guidelines. Before we continue the discussion about hormone replacement therapy, just a little bit of great advice on very simple things that one can do for the maintenance of your health. And Dr. Shabana, you were, you were talking about just basic supplements that you recommend to all your patients. If you could just give us a quick word about that. Yes, sir. Um, the most critical is omega-3, which is uh, fish oil. The only thing is, if you buy a fish oil that has omega-3, 6, 9, borage oil, and other oils, that's all very fine with me. The only thing is, the only critical one is to know how many milligrams of omega-3 is in that product. And I feel if you have no health issues like bad cholesterol, overweight, blood, high blood pressure, or any other health issues, I say take 2 grams of omega-3 every day, minimum. Take more if you want, but at least 2 grams. Why omega-3 is such a critical item is this. The only time you don't need it is if you're eating salmon and tuna seven days a week, which nobody does. So even if you eat a lot of fish, you still need, in my view, at least two grams a day. Omega-3 is very strongly anti-inflammatory, which also means it's anti-cancer. When you think about it, any condition, any bad condition or disease in any system in the body, skin, brain, heart, arteries, joints, etc., there is always inflammation in every single bad item or bad disease or bad condition. So when you take something strongly anti-inflammatory, it works or benefits all systems of the body. And every time they do research on one of these areas, the result is always, or the conclusion is always positive. So omega-3, as a matter of fact, the most recent uh, uh, report I saw two, two weeks ago, because as a member of the Endocrine Society, five days a week, I get 10 or 15 emails summaries of whatever the latest thing going on about hormones, about vitamin D, about health in general. And one of the most recent one a couple of weeks ago was saying, if you don't take omega-3 or adults who don't take omega-3 tend to have shrinking of their brain. Not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I would say. <laughs> I would fact, say. Now, you also, you also mentioned vitamin. Well, in yeah, you, you, to all the stuff they give people, they also say, hey, take some omega-3. Yeah, right. and you, you were also stuff. mentioning you also mentioned vitamin D. So tell us a little bit about vitamin D replacements. I think most American adults are deficient. You're absolutely correct because you cannot get enough D from the sun or from food. So whether we like it or not, we have to take a supplement uh, to to get to uh, a decent uh, uh, level in the body. And by the way, at the present time, there is a very simple blood test that tells you exactly what your level is. Um, Well, yeah, I mean, we can actually, I should point out, for those of you listening, you can easily get screened for all of these things. We're talking about vitamin D, talking about uh, your hormone levels. You can have screening done, very simple blood tests to diagnose all of these things and get your levels and compare them to where you should be. 
And, uh, you know, speaking of getting them tested, one thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, the, the concept in wellness medicine is not necessarily to restore your levels to your age-appropriate normals, but rather to a more youthful normal. The concept is that, you know, why should a man's testosterone level or a woman's estrogen level be appropriate for someone who's 50 when that's when you expect things maybe to be a little bit lower than it used to be? So you're actually restoring levels to a more youthful level, maybe what they were when they were 30. Is, is that the concept? Absolutely, but at the same time, to, to me, one of my responsibilities as time goes on is to find out what is the smallest dose of whatever the person is taking that gives him the maximum benefit and no side effects, and that's where I want to be. Right, and I think that's a way, great point. Practice to do it correctly, unlike all types of medical practices, and I tell this to everyone, it is very interactive. If you don't call me and tell me when you have a question, whether it's about food or hormones or whatever, uh, then there's nothing for me to do beyond the initial consultation. And the only way I can do my job properly is to be aware of whatever is going on, which, and I give everybody my cell phone, because then I'm not always in one place or the other, and, and yet I feel people need to be able to reach me the same day they have a question or they're complaining about something or they didn't get the, the benefits they were thinking about in, in a timely way, because maybe the dose I suggested initially was smaller than what they need. The point is there is a lot of fine-tuning as time goes on, you have to get blood work about four times a year on average. Now, another distinction is the initial blood work I do is more extensive than any endocrinologist, cardiologist, gynecologist, urologist, or anybody else. And yet it's for so many important things that when they are out of order, you can fix them. For example, let's take homocysteine. Even cardiologists don't always request it. And yet if you have high homocysteine, it causes problems with your cholesterol metabolism and even a higher risk for coronary heart disease. And if it is high, it's so easy to fix. Because yeah, it's true. It's true. But see, one thing to point out, though, is that when you're talking about practicing wellness medicine, you're looking at a much broader array of things than any particular specialist might. Absolutely. And, you know, so so let's, let's get back on the subject of hormone replacement therapy. I want to uh, introduce my second guest who's going to join us. Uh, this is Dr. Alvaro Gordo. He's a board-certified obstetrician-gynecologist and practiced for decades here in South Florida and treated countless women with hormone replacement therapy and, and will give us uh, his perspective and his opinion about these topics. So, Dr. Gordo, thanks for calling in. Welcome to the show. Hi, Dr. Rubinstein. Good afternoon, you and your guest. How are you today? Um, well, we're so happy to have you. We're here with Dr. Victor Shabana, who, who is uh, a board-certified surgeon and practicing wellness medicine. He's the medical director of, anti, of, of the uh, AAG uh, uh, Health in, here in Aventura. And uh, we've been talking about hormone replacement therapy. So we talked about how it's a problem not only for women but also for men. And we're talking about just recently some dietary things. Dr. Gordo, you know, you practice for such a long time advising so many women. We were just talking about things that you can eat, supplements you can take. You know, I don't know if you've seen, if either of you have seen uh, the movie uh, Sex in the City. And there, there, was, there was kind of a funny uh, running gag throughout the movie about one of the characters that had her, her actually bioidentical hormones taken away from her. And she was struggling to find anything that could possibly help her replacement. And so the, the joke was she was constantly eating yams. You know, they're, they're obviously, when you talk about bioidentical hormone, as Dr. Shabano was talking earlier about, 
these are things that are derived from plants and things like yams as opposed to uh, where Premarin comes from, which, of course, if, if those of you listening, if you're not sure uh, what Premarin comes from, Premarin is a, sort of a, an acronym for pregnant mare urine. It's actually, believe it or not, it's uh, derived from the urine of pregnant mares is where it was That's originally correct. discovered. But now, considering that it, this stuff comes from uh, plants and, and partially yams, have you, do you think there's any any benefit, Dr. Gordo, to actually eating yams to help in any way to regulate your, your estrogen levels? Well, that's interesting that you said that because basically the only – I just ran across a very important study where they say that women, especially in the Far East, especially in Japan, where they, as you know, the diet is very rich in soy, actually they have a lot of less endometrial cancer and breast cancer. Contrary to the story that we have here, which everybody's afraid of the estrogen because of the risks involved. Um, but really, there are no really conclusive, there's no really conclusive evidence about one benefit of one type of estrogen versus the other one. Uh, I have, I, I was not able to find any conclusive evidence of one versus the other. They're both beneficial, to tell you the truth. I think one of the problems that we have with the uh, hormones that we order, or we used to order rather, from, uh, from, you know, from the pharmaceutical industry is that actually they have the concept that one dose fits everybody. It's just like a, it's something difficult really to, to believe, right? So people really don't like that, that sort of uh, concept. Yeah, so so we're getting you know so we're getting now getting onto the topic of you know discussing bioidentical hormones versus what some people would call synthetic or the original, but now are we comparing things like Premarin to let's let's get to this now Premarin you know Shabani when you started the, the show we were talking about Premarin and how it's the molecule of Premarin itself is different and in, and in, in your view intended for a larger animal uh, than a human being. Is it is it structurally that different from no. what one would consider a bioidentical no, hormone? No, it's not, and it uses the same receptors, and it does basically the same basically the same thing. But so now, now, Dr. Shabana, what, what's your view on that? You know, I happen to be an expert in biochemistry, which also was one of my favorite subjects in medical school. The structure is very different. I beg to differ. It is not the same. And frankly, if it were the same, then why would you make a distinction between one and the other? It, is not, it gives you similar effects. There's no denying. Hormonal or, or natural, or, or yeah. they give you the same effect. The only problem is the horse urine one, because it's a lot more complex, intended for a lot bigger creature. If you use it long enough, uh, there's a slightly higher incidence, as shown by the Women's Health Initiative back in 03, of uh, breast and colon cancer. Well, now let me ask you. Well, let, let, let me ask you a question about that. I, you know, the Women's Health Initiative, I think it was O2 that I saw. Uh, you know, it did it, it discussed you know breast, endometrial, colon, uh, various risks of cancer. But now, was that studying women that were taking Premarin, or was it dis, was it discussing women that were on any type of hormone replacement therapy? No, no, no. They were strictly the synthetic. Uh-huh. Was a strictly there has been no 2.5 progesterone. That was the WHI study. But now, now here's an interesting topic, and, I, and I'm not sure I'm not sure that there is any real conclusive evidence. And I, I, I take your word, Dr. Shabanov, that that there's molecularly something different about Premarin versus the compound that's derived 
from plants. But let's put, let's put that aside for a moment. I think Dr. Gordo raised a point that's very important. I think you probably agree, Dr. Shabanov, that this is not a one-size-fits-all therapy. No, I agree. Yes. And so, you know, maybe the problem is that when you, you know, we say, we have a saying in plastic surgery that no key fits every lock. There's no one key that'll fit every lock. And so, you know, maybe we should be talking about the way that you customize the treatments. And I think we're going to do just that. We're coming up on a commercial break. We're going to take a short break. When we come back from the commercial, we're going to be talking about ways that these treatments are customized. What do we look for? And what are the different options? Because there's lots of different ways to mix that magic potion to make you feel better. We'll come back, and after this short break, we'll be talking about all those wonderful ways to help you. In fact, we'll be talking about how do you make a hormone. Yes. We'll we'll be right back after after this short break here on New Reflections. Thank you. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. Cosmetic surgery is a big deal. If you need a coronary bypass procedure, you probably want someone you trust and not the biggest bargain in town. You might get more than you bargained for. This is your face and body we're talking about. Do your homework. My doctor trained with world-renowned plastic surgeons. My doctor is a fully board-certified plastic surgeon. My doctor is an MD and on staff at several Florida hospitals. My doctor is an associate professor of surgery at a major university. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. People pick a doctor based on trust, and you can trust Dr. Rubenstein. He has the experience, knowledge, and artistic touch you're looking for. Call 305-792-7575. Call today for a free consultation in a multilingual office. That's 305-792-7575. Dr. Adam Rubenstein, Turnberry Plastic Surgery at Biscayne Boulevard and the William Lehman Causeway, where medicine meets artistry. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. If you have a question or comment for the host or this week's guests, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You can also send an email to info at dr-rubenstein.com. That's info at dr-rubenstein.com. Now, back to New Reflections. Welcome back to the show. We're discussing hormone replacement therapy. The name of the show is How to Make a Hormone, and we're talking about bioidentical versus traditional hormone therapies and and the best way to help get yourself tuned up and feeling young and feeling good. We're joined by Dr. Victor Shabana, who is a board-certified surgeon and a a specialist in uh, wellness medicine and hormone replacement therapy, also joined by Dr. Alvaro Gordo, who for many decades practiced as a board-certified obstetrician-gynecologist and has treated thousands of women with uh, hormone deficiency and, and making recommendations for how to handle it. And we were, as we were going to break, we were kind of jokingly talking a little bit about uh, whether you can eat yams or similar things to give yourself a little bit of a bump. And, and Dr. Shabanai, during the break, you were making a point. I wonder if you could repeat that for the audience. Okay. 
There are many natural herbal and plant origin things uh, that are available over the counter for both uh, uh, estrogen progesterone deficiency, which means perimenopausal, menopausal women who have symptoms, and also for men at any age when they have low testosterone. Uh, the one for men is usually called tribulus. The one for women is yam and black cohosh and a few other things. And my analogy was this, because I see a lot of people <coughs> who have used these things, both men and women, and I always ask them. And they always say, yeah, it gives me a slight improvement. And it's sort of like if somebody needs $100 desperately and you offer him 10 or 15 it's better than not offering him any money, but it's nowhere near what she or he needs to, to, uh, to, to take care of his problem. So really, obviously, in a pinch, you want to check levels. Now, in, in doing research for this, I was looking at a number of things. We're on the topic of bioidentical, and it's a very controversial thing. Before we talk about the ways that we choose them and levels and, and how you schedule your doses, there are some what online people have called myths about bioidentical hormones. I'm looking at a list of the three biggest myths, and one of them is that bioidentical hormones are natural. And, and the truth is, I just want to make sure that we're clear, the truth is that bioidentical hormones are made in a laboratory, in a compounding pharmacy, or a, or a larger commercial pharmacy, through chemical processes. And they're, not, they're derived from plants, that's true, as opposed to uh, other than uh, the horse urine derivation. But it, it's still a it's still made in a in a pharmacy. It's still made through chemical processes, and it's not really any more natural. Though one could argue that they are more similar to the hormones that we produce in our bodies. And the second myth that comes up is that compounded bioidentical hormones are identical to the hormones in our bodies. And the truth is, it's not really identical. But they are, uh, they are more similar and perhaps more suited for us. And, and that's, that's a controversial topic because at the end, as Dr. Gordo was saying, you know, the effect is similar. But then Dr. Shabanai, you were mentioning that there may be effects of the Premarin styled hormone replacement therapies that we might not see with the bioidenticals because of the more, the, the closer similarity to human structure and and you you were suggesting i don't know if you have uh if there's any literature to support this but you suggested that maybe the premarin styled or what we'll call maybe the synthetic if you will um uh hormone replacement drugs might put people at greater risk and that that might be the women's health initiative results that it was more related to the premarin style and, and perhaps you might not have the same risk with bioidenticals is that what you're suggesting well what i hear from women who also see their gynecologist, is that the gynecologist, if you, have, if you have to have hormones, because very often they want to avoid that subject. But when the woman says, look, I can't live like this, I have to, you have to do something, so then they realize they have to do something. So they say to the woman, okay, I'm going to give you some estrogen preparation, but as long as you don't have to use it for too long, there is no problem as far as risk for bad things like cancer. And what they mean by too long is five years. My problem with that concept is this. If a woman wants to feel young again and have 
brain function and vaginal function and many other functions closer to when she was younger, why you want to take it for five years and then stop? It seemed to me like you'd want to take it for a lifetime to stay young and healthy. Well, so then, so then the Women's Health Initiative was then limited to a five-year result. But then, yeah, Dr. Gordo, tell me, what are your thoughts Can on... Can I interject well, that, for a second, please? Yeah, please. Uh, let me just back up a little bit. I, I probably use the wrong word, and uh, Dr. Shavana is correct. They're not the same. They're similar in structure, we, you know, with the, uh, uh, basically the same structure that uses the same receptors and basically does the same thing in the human body whether they are from the jam or whether they are from the lab. From... Now, the problem is, I don't think it's so much concern about the compound and about the beneficial effect. I think people are by far more concerned about the studies that show there is a clear risk of cancer, especially breast, uh, after five years of use. As a matter of fact, as he knows, as you guys know, the uh, WHI study was stopped, if I remember correctly, in 2002, I believe, because actually they saw that the uh, incidence of cancer was by far higher than what they expected. So basically, people are really more concerned about the side effects of the medication than with the structure of the medication itself. Now, I believe, because something that I see every day in my practice, uh, I believe that the thing with the bioidentical hormones uh, and yes, Dr. Shavana is correct. I think it's a higher satisfaction uh, from the public, from patients. It's basically because two factors. Number one, they feel that they are better attended. In other words, they get uh, levels every so often. So therefore, the doses are properly tailored to their needs. Or, you know, they, they get a much better satisfaction in the treatment. That's number one. Number two, they have this belief that be, because they come from a plant is is not going to be subject to so many side effects. Now, again, for the studies that I could see, I don't see any conclusive evidence that one is superior to the other. I, I just fail to see that. Right. That's, no, I think that's true. Yeah. And, I, and the thing is with Dr. Shabin, I'd be curious if you had any, any references or know of any studies that looked at that specifically. So I don't know that it's not true, but we can't really say that it's true when, when we say that somehow they're safer or better for you. And that's the third myth that, that is very controversial, is it, are bioidentical hormones safer for you? And, and there's a suggestion that the risk of cancer would ha somehow be less, you know, so you could do longer-term therapies with, with the bioidenticals. Are, are there any studies that have looked at bioidenticals specifically? Uh, I think the only thing I can say in that regard is that a few people around the country, including me, have been doing this stuff for, I mean, in, in my case, about nine to ten years now, and there is some who have been practicing it for a lot longer, and there has been, thank God, no sign of any problem having developed. But let's please back up, because it's very important to consider a couple of points. There is no long-range things on the bioidentical, and therefore you can always argue, is it really safer? I'll go along with that, because I'm a very logical person. But the bigger issue is really, you know, like if you feel fine with your synthetic, fine. The only thing is to please be aware of two facts. One is anything you put in your body has to come in in a certain range. If it's below that range, you have a deficiency. If it's above that range, you create new problems. And that goes for water, food, 
hormones, vitamins, prescription drugs, everything. Basic point. Another basic point in my practice is the hormonal aspect is only one of many things that you have to do to, to basically keep the person as safe as possible. Of course, no, nobody's God, and, and even under the best of circumstances, still a certain percentage of people are going to develop cancers. But, but Dr. Shavanek, actually... Eating who, healthy is very sure. critical. Including the oh sure sure yeah we don't we don't we don't deny that but you know we're looking specifically if a woman has a family history of breast cancer she's going to have to do the uh, uh, breast cancer genes to see if she herself sure sure you know and we're not we're not discounting that but we're looking specifically at hormone replacement therapy and the different uh, the different Uh, okay we're not going to answer that until you have studies in a done in a like a clinical trial for several years. Right, right. And I think that's, that's the and point. And, I don't, that's, and, and the truth is, I don't think you can say that it's not safer. I don't think you can say that it is safer. We can't say it's the same, better, or worse at this point. But, you know, certainly I, I think it's true that anecdotally, the people that are recommending bioidentical hormones, uh, including yourself and many other practitioners throughout the country and really throughout the world, have a sense that there's a different nature to them. And, you know, as a doctor, I can tell you that anything that I use, that you, you prescribe to patients and you see the responses, when you're doing it for a long time, you certainly can get a feel that there may be something different about what you're doing for better or for worse. And, and I think that it'd be great to have those kind of long-term studies. So someday we might actually be able to say it is better or it's the same or, or maybe it's worse. We really don't know right now. So I, I think the important take-home message for the listeners is that while the bioidentical hormones uh, have been touted by Suzanne Summers and, and, and many practitioners throughout the country as well, that the jury really is still out. We're not saying they're bad. We're not saying they're great. We're saying they're at, at least probably very similar to what we've been doing. I think the difference, what we were getting to a little earlier, is the monitoring. And what Dr. Gordo was talking about just a moment ago, and Dr. Shabanov, what I know that you do, is check those levels, as you said, a minimum of four times a year, and you're, you're following it so that the dosing and the choice of those hormones is what's so important. So let's talk about that. I, you know, there are, when, I, when you're doing, I would like to interject for a second. Sure, sure, go ahead. Dr. Rubenstein. Um, basically, you know, I just don't want to give the impression that I'm against uh, bioidentical hormones because that's not true. But what I'm trying to say, getting back to Dr. Shabanak's statement, is who and what is going to say who is and when are they going to say exactly what is the right level of estrogen for a person that is 74 years old? Uh, I see what who's you're saying. Who's going to dictate right. that? Who's going to give us that parameter? Well, but I think I what think is that the as doctor level of estrogen in a person that is 72, 74 years old. We don't have those standards. Right, no, it's true. No, there is, I'm sorry to interrupt, but for example, a young woman who's having her uh, periods uh, regularly. Sometimes you'll get a estradiol level of 400, 500. That's okay. fine. That's normal. Okay. On the other hand, the postmenopausal people, uh, and by the way, uh, uh, can't think of his name just now. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, I think you you want a number like 40. You don't want to go above that. And usually, by that, by when you have that level, most people they have a relief of symptoms or progesterone up to five or six. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's, it's not. True. So, so you can true, still, still try you know. to, to to give like to see the lowest numbers that give them relief of symptoms. Yeah. 
so so you're not really tr- you're you're looking to get levels not really to those levels that they were when they were younger and, and functioning as a, a, a more youthful person. Correct. Correct. So you're you're just you're looking for symptomatic relief and titrating it, just adjusting the levels to that minimum amount. Right. And I think I would re- reinforce Dr. Gordo's point that dealing with pro- uh, bioidentical hormones is easier to manipulate or change dosing. Right. Well, I think that's true. We're going to take a sh- our, our last commercial break now. We come back, we are going to finally get to the different hormones that we have to look for and the different prescriptions that we might have to give and the things to talk to your doctor about when you're going to have your hormone levels checked and possibly get on hormone replacement therapy. So when we come back from this short commercial break, we'll actually tell you how do you make a hormone. We'll be right back after these messages. Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. Cosmetic surgery is a big deal. Make sure you do your homework. Why? This is not my car I'm working on. I may settle for an okay job on that, but I won't settle for anything less when it comes to my body. Do your homework. My doctor trained with world-renowned plastic surgeons. My doctor is a fully board-certified plastic surgeon. My doctor is an MD and on staff at several Florida hospitals. My doctor is an associate professor of surgery at a major university. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. People pick a doctor based on trust. You can trust Dr. Rubenstein. He has the experience, knowledge, and artistic touch you're looking for. Call 305-792-7575. That's 305-792-7575. Call today for a free consultation. Dr. Adam Rubenstein, Turnberry Plastic Surgery at Biscayne Boulevard in the William Lehman Causeway, where medicine meets artistry. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. are listening to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. If you have a question or comment for the host or this week's guests, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You can also send an email to info at dr-rubenstein.com. That's info at dr-rubenstein.com. Now, back to New Reflections. Welcome back to the show. We're here on New Reflections talking about hormone replacement therapy, and we're joined by Dr. Victor Shabanaugh and Dr. Alvaro Gordo and having a great discussion about hormone replacement therapy and bioidentical hormones. And Let's get to the real important matter. When someone comes to your office, Dr. Shabanaugh, what what is the panel? Let's say let's talk about a woman first, and then we'll talk about a man. For a woman... What what is the the actual hormones that you're going to order levels for to make sure that that, that you know everything you need to know to get them started? Okay, uh, my initial and basic uh, lab work includes CBC, Chem 14, lipid profile, and then the hormonal part, which is thyroid, free T3, free T4, and TSH, cortisol, testosterone, total and free, PSA for men obviously not for women, estradiol, progesterone, IGF-1, IGF-BP3, which are screening tests for growth hormone, LH, FSH, prolactin, insulin, DHEA, 
sex hormone binding globulin, SHBG. And then metabolic testing is hemoglobin A1C, ferritin, homocysteine, vitamin D, 25 hydroxy. And then also we do C-reactive protein. So it's a very, very thorough uh, package. There's of course, no looking- specialty that orders that many tests for anybody, and yet to me it's so important to get all this stuff for everyone. Sure. Well, and doing what you're doing, you want to make sure you're dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's. Not only that, when I go to the endocrine society conventions, I always make the point after a presentation, when you go to the, to the microphone to make a comment or ask a question, I say, please, whenever you see a client or a patient in your office or in the hospital setting, always check their entire hormonal profile. For example, let me give you a quick example. Somebody... In the coronary care unit, people coming in with uh, 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 coronary, uh, acute coronary syndrome, syndrome, heart attacks, what have you. If you do the complete hormonal profile plus all the other things you want to check on, many of these men, if they are men, are going to have low testosterone. It's just not done. This is not something that the average doctor thinks about in any setting, in his office, in the hospital. And yet, to me, it's important to do it at least one time on everybody. So, obviously, if, if for people that are listening, if you're having symptoms and for whatever reason you feel like it's just not getting diagnosed, nothing's getting better, you know, it might not be a bad idea to have that once over. But now, in terms of the, the sex hormones we're talking about for hormone replacement, and, you know, of course, you mentioned your thyroid levels and, and many other uh, tests to check to see if we need to correct those things. Speaking specifically about the hormones, and once we have our levels back, Dr. Gordo, what are the various options? You know, would people could just take Premarin, which is just the estrogen side. Uh, they can look at uh, the progesterones and, and just take those type of things and and, you know, we even talk about testosterone for women occasionally. So, Dr. Gordo, tell us about the various options for hormone replacement therapy, the styles of therapy. Actually, like you said, like uh, Dr. Uh, uh, like he, he mentioned before, basically, you know, the options are range from testosterone to uh, Premarine, Provera, you know, the usual, the old combinations, Prempro and a patch, whether it's by pill, by patch, all these things. I... I found out really, especially in the last probably 10 years, that just because of this change in attitude towards hormone replacement therapy, the best and the actually the most cost-efficient prescription that you can give is Premarine in form of Provera, which I actually eliminated for Prometrium, which happen, happens to be the micronized type of, uh, of progesterone. Um, the uh, the only thing that really has changed dramatically, I think, is the doses. It used to be a tenet to start, like in 1983, we always start everybody, menopause, you know, actually 0.625 Premarine and 10 of Provera every, over the last 10 days of the month, if they had the years, all this is history, actually. Uh, I think that really is very cost-efficient, and, and people really obtain fantastic results with uh, I start with 0.325 uh, Premarine, and then I start probably with 5 Provera or 2.5 Provera for the 30 days. Now, I do keep the rule of five years very strictly, you know, Mm -hmm. and after five years, either I discontinue or I go to probably Premarine, uh, vaginal Premarine, just by cream, 0.625, one or two applications uh, per week. And... um, 
my main problem is not really prescribing. My main problem, to tell you the truth, and I, right now my practice is basically postmenopausal, and my main problem is having people to comply. People are just scared of the hormones. And um, and it's, it's really frustrating to a point, you know, but uh, it's, it's, it's part of the everyday's, you know, frustration. Uh, people just are afraid to use the hormones. And that's interesting. I wonder, Dr. Shabana, since someone comes to you specifically looking for these answers, do you have that same experience? Do you find your patients sometimes just aren't taking things the way they're supposed to? Uh, no, really, it's not a problem for two reasons. One is at least the people I see seem to be very motivated to want to stay young and healthy and, and, and eliminate whatever symptoms they originally presented with. Number two, I don't stop there because, as I mentioned earlier, Dr. Rubenstein, this is a very interactive practice. We're communicating with them at least on a monthly basis with emails. They have my cell phone and any problem or question, they can call me anytime. Uh, we do blood work at least four times a year, and as like the initial being very extensive, but the rest are mainly following the few things that we're working on, uh, whether it's the hormonal levels, uh, bad cholesterol, or whatever they, they originally had as a def- or vitamin D deficiency, which is very prevalent. Right. So, when you're that intense about the practice and how you're doing it, uh, really there is not. Uh, but I tell you, one thing about this fear of the hormones, that definitely was the case right after the uh, results of the WHI came out in '03. Well, you know, one, I want to bring up one thing. We're coming up, we're, we're coming up close to the. Um, we're, we're coming up close to the end of the show, and I want to get one thing out here because it's something I found very interesting. Uh, it turns out, in terms of risk for uh, for cancer and heart disease and stroke which is what the Women's Health Initiative was, was putting out in, in 2002. Apparently, there's a newer study in 2006 that, that stratified the age. And interestingly, they found that it was true for older patients, you know, Dr. Gordo, your postmenopausal patients that might be more advanced in age, that there was an increased risk for heart disease specifically. But it turned out that for younger patients, and I'm not sure where they drew the line at what the age was, but they, they found they for younger patients that it was actually protective. It seemed to have a decreased risk of heart disease. If I am correct, I think they're going from the study from 50 to 79 or 74 years old. That's, that's the way they did it. The uh, the problem is, and I'm going to agree uh, with you guys, that basically the problem is that we've been ordering these hormones to tell you that to have thousands of people put on hormones because before was just the standard of care uh, since 1983. And basically... I didn't get a single case where somebody can point finger at me and says you cause endometrial cancer or you cause breast cancer. I, and I must have put thousands of people in this replacement therapy. So that's, that's one thing. I think it's, but you know, that's what the study shows and, and that's, that's what we go by. Um, things are changing dramatically, but they, they, we used to, we used to say, it used to be like a postulate that says, you know, hormones are going to be good for your heart, you're going to prevent coronary artery disease and all that. Well, well you know, I'm sorry, Alvaro, I've got to, I've got to cut you off. We're coming to the end of the show. Uh, we just, we have a tight, finish here and, I, and sure. I'm sorry we could talk about there's so much to talk about dosing, I always start with the smallest doses and absolutely then just absolutely we are we right. 100% blood work in six weeks initially and then uh, tighten it up yep. very much on whether the person is relieving their symptoms or not uh, and and then if it's not with the lowest doses then you gradually go slightly higher 
and you adjust it as it needed. We're going to have to going to have to cut short here, and maybe we'll have a follow up show to talk about this further. I want to thank both of you, Dr. Victor Shabana, who's in private practice in Coral Gables, uh, Florida, and the medical director for AAG Health. I want to thank Dr. Alvaro Gordo, also uh, in private practice in South Florida. Uh, and uh, this has been New Reflections. We've been talking about how to make a hormone. Uh, we'll be back with new shows coming up in the near future. There's some new Botox on the market. We're producing a show to talk all about the various types of Botox, even a topical one that has promise. There are new breast implants out. We'll be talking about all sorts of things here on New Reflections in the coming weeks. Thanks for listening. I hope we see you again next week, 12 to 1 Eastern Time, 9 to 10 Pacific, on New Reflections. Thank you, Dr. Rubenstein, for the opportunity. Thank you, Dr. Rubenstein. My pleasure. We hope you stayed informed and entertained today on New Reflections. Please join your host, Dr. Adam Rubenstein, again next Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You can also email the doctor at info at dr-rubenstein.com or visit his website at www.dr-rubenstein.com. And don't forget to join us next Saturday for new reflections on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a beautiful weekend.